You cannot, you can't get stuck thinking like most other workers, employees, people out there. This is probably one of the absolute most important points. People seem to think that you can create wealth and make money through work, and it's probably not going to work. Wait, what? (laughs) Naval Ravikant has shifted my entire way of looking, thinking about work, about creating wealth. You've got to hear this. Leadership is the ability to facilitate movement in others toward a destination you can describe. I'm Russ Hill. I help build leaders. And this is the Culture Hacks Podcast. So what does this have to do with leadership? So if this is a podcast about becoming a more effective leader, why are we talking about wealth and these weird ideas? Because why the crud are you working? Like, what's what's the point of it? I mean, unless you're working for free and it's like a volunteer cause, you really don't care about compensation. You don't care about your lifestyle. You don't care about trying to provide for a family. You don't, you don't care about growing your compensation. You don't care about any of that. Well, if you don't care about any of that, then yeah, hit pause or next, go to a different show. But the rest of us, there's a reason we're working. One, it's fulfilling. It gives, it gives us purpose. We, we like making a difference in the lives of our customers, patients, members, whomever it is. But that's not the only reason. It's because doing that, the work that we find so fulfilling, leads to income. It leads to compensation. It leads to opportunity. It leads to lifestyle. It leads to being able to provide for our family or whatever it might be. And so these are things are totally connected. Welcome in to the Culture Hacks podcast. I'm Russ Hill. I make my living coaching and consulting senior executives of some of the world's largest companies. You can find out more about our firm at LoneRockConsulting.com if you want to transform your ability to lead others. And I can't believe that there are people listening to this podcast who have not registered for this. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like I you and I just think differently. Like there's an opportunity. I just registered this week for two new courses and experiences. One starts in just a few days from the time I'm recording this. Beca- and you know why? Because the person who just created that 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 um uh, uh, this experience, it's three weeks. So I paid hundreds of dollars to be able to go through three weeks of learning with this individual, along with a lot of uh, hundreds of other people who are going to be in the group. Why? Because this dude has, is, is successful. I like the way he thinks. I, 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 I know that I'm going to walk away with wisdom. He's having experiences and trying things and doing things. Why would I not tap into that? Like, I want to be close to him. Proximity principle, right? I want to be close to him. And so I'm tapping into it. Anyway, lead in 30 is where you can transform your ability to lead others. We launched it two uh, months ago and um, I can't, and it's, well, I can't give too many details. Anyway, we now have um, in very short order, we will have thousands of leaders who are going through this at the same time at large organizations. It transforms the way you lead and, and it's the result of more than two decades of coaching and consulting leaders. That's what our firm brings to the table. The, the people who work at our firm have been doing that. And we're excited to share it with the world. Leadin30.com if you want to learn more. Okay, let's go into 
um, this, 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 this theme. And I want to play for you uh, a few minutes of audio from Naval Ravikan in just a second. If you don't know who Naval Ravikan is, then this you haven't been listening to me over the last year. I've been talking about him, uh, I don't know what, every uh, couple of months I mention his name because he is someone who's impacting my way of thinking. He dramatically changed how I view um, so many different things. And he, he's a uh, angel investor. He's a uh, he's a CEO. He's a startup person. He's in Silicon Valley, and he's brilliant. And I don't subscribe to everything that he the, the way he looks at the world in every different aspect. But he's brilliant in a bunch of ways. So I'm going to play a few clips of him um, talking, recording himself in just a few minutes. But before I do, I, I just want to set it up. So he, I always, you all. This is this is the this is the mind shift, the different way of thinking. I want you to uh, to to analyze, okay? So for most of my career, I have been paid. I love these two words at Naval Ravikant. You're going to hear him use these in a minute: input and output. Really interesting. So I want you to think about this related to yourself, and then I want you to think about this related to your employees or the people that you lead or the people that you work with wherever you're at in your career. So I, through most of my career, have been paid for my input. So think about this for a second. I'm paid for showing up, right? You're expected to be here at 730 in the morning, at 8, whatever the time is. You work till that time. And the old way and, and some of you still work for companies that are stuck in the old way. And I, and that you got to think about that. The old way was everybody gets on the freeway on ramp at the same time, drives on the same freeway to the same part of the city, and then gets off of mostly the same exits, a bunch of the same exits, goes into the same buildings where thousands of people, tens of thousands of people funnel into. And we all do that at the exact same time. Like you leave between 5.30 in the morning and 7.30 in the morning, somewhere in that time frame. And, and then everybody leaves around 4.30 to 5.30 and you use the same freeways and you go home. And, and and we all go into the same buildings and we work at the same time. And it is the most inefficient, insane, unbelievable model. It makes no sense. None. Like if you work at a factory, makes sense. If you work at um, a factory, <laughs> yeah, that's about it. And and it, because why why do we think that people do their best work all in the same location, all in the same hours. And it just, there's so many inefficiencies in you all. After having spent so many years now traveling the world, meeting with so many companies, most of them large, what I can tell you is there is a crap load of waste going on out there. The vast majority of meetings I go to are about drama. The vast majority of phone calls I have with clients he said this and she said that and that department sticked at that department. And they can't do that and whatever. And I love it because it's job security because they're all having the, all these issues. And the more people, if you, if you work for a company of 50 people, you're having some of these issues, right? We'll magnify that in a company of 50,000 people. How much more drama? How much more? How many more challenges, Right. And so the bigger the company is, the more inefficient. It's just true. I mean, they can, they can do some things in their culture to make it more efficient, but most organizations, 
with a lot of people are just grossly inefficient. And a lot of it's because we're paying people for their input. Show up at this time, do that, whatever. It's If you've listened to this podcast for a while, you know that I believe that that's broken. And I understand there's retail and there are hospitals and there are restaurants and whatever. And we, we need people to be at the location and we need them to show up at a certain time. We need them. Yeah, I get that. Okay. And, and, and yet there's tons of inefficiencies there. And I want you to think about, I was meeting with a, uh, an owner of a, a construction company and I was, I was asking him, we were having lunch just uh, a, a few days ago and I was asking him, how can you move to a performance based pay? Like, because your income and the company's net income is determined by how many houses how many buildings you all are building within a certain period of time? Why aren't your people compensated that way? Why are you paying them for their input when they show up? Doesn't make any sense. You're creating the monster. And the monster is tons of inefficiency and waste because people are just kind of hanging around and they get caught up in drama. And now we're paying them to have meetings that last forever talking about crap that doesn't matter. Right? And so um, how can you pay them for their outputs? The best thing that ever happened in my life was when my base salary got devastated. And when I went into sales, a sales related job, and I never wanted to be in sales. I was scared of sales. I was scared of variable income. And it was the greatest gift anyone gave to me. And it just happened in the last decade. And I went, wait, you're going to pay me. <laughs> you're going to pay me what? That's my base salary. Yeah, that's laughable. But then they uncapped. They took off the lid on my upside potential. And they said, we don't care where you work, when you work, how you work. Basically, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but all these kind of limits went away. And it's just you're, we're going to pay you a little bit of money for being an, an employee, but not much. And we know you can't live off of that with the lifestyle you've got and where you're at and, and, and with your, your previous history, with your previous um, employment history. But so we're going to cover a few of your bills, but really you're going to have to do some crap to be able to make the money you want to make. And then you can double or triple or quadruple your income. Best thing that ever happened to me, income based on output. So interesting, isn't it? All right. I got to shut up and let you listen to Naval Ravikant. So here's, here's why I care about this. Um, in a, in a podcast about leadership. And the reason is because you're running a team, right? You're running an organization. You either own it or you're a leader in it. You're an executive, you're a mid-level manager. You're, you're somewhere on the org chart in some organization leading some team, most of you. And, and, and the mindset on that team is based around inputs and you are trapped. You're trapped. Because a lot of you are getting paid for your input and you're frustrated and you've got challenges and you're not, you're not moving in, in, in the way you want to move. And it's because you're not leveraging your capabilities. You're, you're stuck in this, you're stuck addicted to a salary and you're stuck in a system that pays people based on income and you need to get out of it. Well, you need to do one of two things, actually. I shouldn't be so presumptuous. You need, you need to either decide, okay, I'm good with it. Yeah, this model is, yeah, I don't have that much upside potential from a compensation or a wealth creation or an opportunity standpoint, but I, I, yeah, I don't have any of that, but I'm just going to stay here because I'm just going to, and, and you need to realize you need, you need to make that decision. I'm going to stay in this system 
or you need to decide, no, I'm not. And I know you can't snap your fingers and suddenly be in a different world. That, that wasn't possible for me either. It took years. It took a lot of effort and thinking and brainstorming and ch- chatting with a lot of people before I could break out of that model. And, uh, and it was just gradually changing. And now I'm in an environment where I have no salary. No one's paying me jack crap. Got no medical benefits. But I also have no boss other than my customers. They certainly are my boss. And, and, but I have huge upside potential and I'm paid completely on my outputs. And so how do you get, you don't have to be an entrepreneur. You don't have to create, you don't have to own a company. I'm not, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, don't you want to be in an environment where you're create, either you create it in your company or you're working for a company that's more focused on output than input. Okay. I got to shut up. Here's Naval. I'm going to, I'm going to let you listen to about five or six minutes of him. Then I'm going to come back, react to it. Here we go. This is probably one of the absolute most important points. People seem to think that you can create wealth and make money through work. And it's probably not going to work. There are many reasons for that. But the most basic is just that your inputs are very closely tied to your outputs. In almost any salaried job, even one that's paying a lot per hour, like a lawyer or a doctor, you're still putting in the hours and every hour you get paid. So what that means is when you're sleeping, you're not earning. When you're retired, you're not earning. When you're on vacation, you're not earning. And you can't earn non-linearly. If you look at even doctors who get rich, like really rich, it's because they open a business. They open like a private practice and that private practice builds a brand and that brand attracts people or they build some kind of a medical device or a procedure or a process where they have intellectual property. So essentially you're working for somebody else. And that person is taking on the risk and has the accountability and the intellectual property and the brand. So they're just not going to pay you enough. They're going to pay you the bare minimum that they have to to get you to do the job. And that can be a high bare minimum, but it's still not going to be true wealth where you're retired. And then finally, you're actually just not even creating that much original for society. Like I said, this tweet storm should have been called How to Create Wealth. It's just How to Get Rich was a more catchy title. But you're not creating new things for society. You're just doing things over and over. And you're essentially replaceable because you're now doing a set role. Most set roles can be taught. If they can be taught like in a school, then eventually you're going to be competing with someone who's got more recent knowledge, who's been taught and is coming in to replace you. You're much more likely to be doing a job that can be eventually replaced by a robot or by an AI. And it doesn't even have to be wholesale replaced overnight. It can be replaced a little bit of a time. And that kind of eats into your wealth creation and therefore your earning capability. So fundamentally, your inputs are matched to your outputs, you are replaceable, and you're not being creative. I just don't think that that is a way that you can truly make money. So everybody who really makes money at some point owns a piece of a product or a business or some kind of IP. That can be through stock options. So if you can be working at a tech company, that's a fine way to start. But usually the real wealth is created by starting your own companies or by, you know, even investors, they're in an investment firm and they're buying equity. So these are much more the routes to wealth. It doesn't come to the hours. You really just want a job or a career or a profession where your inputs don't match your outputs. So if you look at modern society, again, this is later in the tweet storm, businesses that have high creativity and high leverage tend to be ones where you could do an hour of work and it can have a huge effect, or you can do a thousand hours of work and it can have no effect. For example, look at software engineering. One great engineer can, for example, create Bitcoin and create billions of dollars worth of value. 
an engineer who's working on the wrong thing or not quite as good or just not as creative or thoughtful or whatever can work for an entire year and every piece of code that they ship ends up not getting used. Customers don't want it. That is an example of a profession where the input and the outputs are highly disconnected. It's not based on the number of hours that you put in. Whereas on the extreme other end, if you're a lumberjack, even the best lumberjack in the world, assuming they're not working with tools, so the inputs and outputs are pretty connected, they're just using an axe or a saw, you know, the best lumberjack in the world may be like 3x better than one of the worst lumberjacks, right? It's not going to be a gigantic difference. So you want to look for professions and careers where the inputs and the outputs are highly disconnected. This is another way of saying that you want to look for things that are leveraged. And by leverage, I don't mean financial leverage alone, like Wall Street uses, and that has a bad name. I'm just talking about tools. We're using tools. Computer is a tool that software engineers use. If I'm a lumberjack with bulldozers and automatic robot axes and saws, I'm going to be using tools and have more leverage than someone who's just using his bare hands and trying to rip the trees out by their roots. Tools and leverage are what create this disconnection between inputs and outputs. Creativity, so the higher the creativity component of a profession, the more likely it is to have disconnected inputs and outputs. So I think that if you're looking at professions where your inputs and your outputs are highly connected, it's going to be very, very, very hard to create wealth and make wealth for yourself in that process. Okay, how good is that, right? So think about that just for a second. The more disconnected inputs and outputs are, the more wealth potential or compensation or growth potential there is for you, right? And 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 then the more connected they are, the less income or growth potential they are. So what's what's an example of where an input and output are totally connected? Well, clearing tables at a restaurant, right? If I'm a if I'm a table setter or a uh, I'm I'm a waitress or a waiter or whatever it might be totally connected. We need you here for this many hours and we need you to clear this many tables or to service that many tables and that's it. And 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 so let me give you another example. In the media business. So this is one I'm familiar with because it's it's how my career unfolded. So I loved being in the news business and the, and sports business. So I started there as a reporter and I and I, and my outputs and my my inputs and my outputs totally connected. I got paid to come to work, to be on the air during the, these hours, reporting the news, and they would pay me a certain amount. And I knew that the newest reporters, the most inexperienced reporters made this much money. They were at the low end of the spectrum. And the, the most experienced reporters and the best ones, they, they made that much money. So there was a spectrum. But you really couldn't make a ton more than that. And you weren't going to make. Um, so there, there was a low end and a high end. And so as long as you were comfortable working in that in that that space, in that spectrum, you're good. But I wasn't. I didn't see a potential for growth that that where I could really accelerate that. So then I realized, oh, what if I ran the newsroom? Like, what if all the reporters were my employees? So then I went for that job and I was in my mid 20s at that time. So now I'm going to be in management and I'm going to oversee this team because now the managers make more money or the leadership team makes more money and they've got some additional freedom and perks. So I went and did that for several years. And then I thought, oh, what if I could create additional channels of content, websites, podcasts, different things that our salespeople could sell sponsorships for? And I created more opportunities for um, for advertising revenue. Well, that would be worth even more. I could be worth even more money uh, to the company to do that. So I went and I did that. 
and my market value went up and up and up, and now I'm doing really unique things, but there still was a cap because I was in a system and working in, in a corporate environment to where you could, the, your outputs and your inputs are totally connected. And I wanted to break free of that. And so I remember seeing, I hired a media consultant, somebody who had, had had great success, was about 20 years older than I was, had an incredible track record in our industry, really wise, had lots of good experience and was well connected to other people in my same position across the country, across the U.S. where, where I live. And, and I noticed, wow, he's making a lot of money. Like he's only here four times a year and I'm paying him this amount of money and I'm one of X amount of clients. Oh, he's broken free of this. And now we're paying him for his expertise and his wisdom and his experience. He, he used to be part of the system. I'm a part of the system now. He used to be part of that, but he found a way to monetize his unique knowledge and information. And wow, that'd be really interesting. And now I, so I, I actually want to do a whole nother episode. I'm, the, I'm just going to do, um, I'm going to hit stop recording here in a moment. And then I'm going to hit start recording again. And it's going to be the next episode because I want to talk to you about leverage. I want to talk to you about three different aspects. And Naval Ravikant talks a ton about this. And I, I think it's just fascinating that there are really three different sources of leverage. One is people, it's labor. And the second one is capital, money that you have access to. And the third one is really interesting, is uh, content and code, content and code. And some of you I know are listening to this going, Russ, I don't even know what you're talking about. Um, I just want listen to this podcast because you give me tips on how to manage people or lead people. Don't worry. I'm going to get back to kind of the nuts and bolts of managing a team and leading a team in a couple of episodes. But you all, there's a, I, I, I want to talk bigger picture. There's a reason why we lead the teams we on. At the end of the day, it's to provide opportunity. It's to, so we can fulfill our purpose. What's really fulfilling, have an impact on people's lives and whatever career or industry we're in. And tied to that to be compensated because there's a certain lifestyle or freedom or income that we desire and we've got to find the ability to grow that. And some of you don't care about it. Like I said a few minutes ago, you're totally comfortable being a cog in the wheel, working in a corporate environment and you've got caps on your income and uh, and and you're OK. You're comfortable with that. And I there's no judgment on that at all. That's awesome. We need a lot of people like that. Like I'd say 90 percent. What, what would you put the number at? 85%, 90, 95% of the economy is run by those people. My, my issue is so many of those folks are frustrated because they've never thought about the stuff we're talking about in this episode. They never heard someone like a Nabal Ravikant say one of the most dangerous addictions is a salary. Wait, what? I thought you needed a salary. Oh, wait, inputs disconnected from outputs. Wait, what are you talking about? Makes your brain kind of hurt because you got to think about it, right? But once you start thinking about that and you get educated and you, you listen to people who have created wealth and have achieved things that uh, most people in society haven't, you go, oh, my gosh, I'm trapped in this system thinking about this in a way that makes me a robot, makes me a clone, makes me a, just somebody out there on the conveyor belt, on the escalator, the people mover of society. And I don't want to be that. And some of you are totally comfortable being in that environment. That's okay. I was not comfortable. I was not okay. I was okay for a while, but there came a moment where I was like, no, I don't want to be on the same on-ramp to the freeway at the same time of day as everybody else. 
I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay working this. What, like, why eight o'clock? Like, who made eight o'clock the time we all needed to be? And wait, why do I need to stay till five? I'm kind of done and my brain's fried and it's 1 p.m. and I don't want to be here. But I, you, you're going to make, oh, I need to stay because you're going to be, you're going to judge me and my boss is going to be ticked. So I'm just going to sit here on my computer and just do online shopping or waste time. Oh, wait, I'm going to go to your meeting tomorrow and spend three hours talking about crap that isn't helping anyone. It's the same stuff we've been talking about forever, and we're all getting paid to sit here, and I'm adding up the money here on my calculator about how many people are in this room, what their average salary is, and how many hours we're, we're spending. This meeting is costing the company a fortune, and nobody cares. And by the way, as soon as we all walk out of this one, and, and we're going to go over, and then guess what we all have to do? Run to the next meeting where the same crap's happening. And so we're just going to be busy. And by the way, we're going to be disrupted by competitors that are a quarter of our size, way more efficient, and that customers are more excited about. Oh, my gosh. And then I got to hire people and manage them. And they don't. Anyway, I went. So there comes a point. A lot of you are in that system and you're totally comfortable with it. I there became a point in my life where I went, I can't do this. Like I've got to, I, I can't be a machine. I'm not wired to be it. I want freedom. I want more control. I want to increase my potential in a lot of different areas. I want to grow not only from a learning and intellectual standpoint, but from a compensation and lifestyle standpoint too. And, um, and so that's where topics like what we're talking about in this episode were really helpful to me. So I hope this is helpful. Uh, and think inputs, outputs, go back and listen to the clip from Naval again if you need to um, when it comes to um, how to think differently. I'm, the very next episode, I'm going to talk about leverage. You all, this is just, this is a, this light bulb just went off in my head. Well, it went off in my head, but I wasn't, I, I didn't describe it the way that I'm going to describe it in the next episode. Um, a few years ago, this light bulb went off. It's when I told our consulting firm, we need to be a media company, not a, we need to stop looking at ourselves as a consulting firm and we need to start thinking of ourselves as a media company. And some people in those meetings were like, what the crap are you talking about? Like, I, I know you used to work in media, but you don't anymore. And why are you like, no. And other people in the room went, that's it. And I want to talk to you about why I did that. And, um, and how now we're executing on that and it's changing the entire game. And, um, and so these three sources of leverage we're going to talk about in the next episode. Okay. So uh, you guys, I'm trying to share with you ideas, observations, wisdom that I'm running into that's causing me to think differently. I hope you find value in it. If you do find value in these episodes, click on follow, add, subscribe, whatever the button is, whatever podcast app you're listening to this in, you'll get two new episodes delivered right to your phone or your device every week. Tell a friend, text a link to this episode. If you think there's somebody else who needs to hear what we've been talking about in this episode, send it to them. So grateful for your time, grateful for your attention. I hope you're healthy. I hope you're doing well. We'll talk to you in the next episode.